Hi, boys and girls. This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Do you ever feel left out like your friends want to be with someone else instead of you? What if you really needed those friends to help you solve a mystery? Chris and Maria discover an old safe in their grandparents' basement, but no one knows the combination. Who gave the money to build the cross above Mill Valley? Chris and Maria think the answer is inside the old safe. As they follow the clues, Chris learns some important lessons about friendship and jealousy, and about being a Christian. Chapter 5 Great Grandpa Archer Chris's mouth fell open. Maria's eyes got really big. Who is Yo-Yo telling about their mystery, Chris wondered. They both ran into the living room. Yo-Yo, you were supposed to keep the mystery a secret, Chris said. But I just told Teddy, Yo-Yo whimpered as she hugged her stuffed bear. Teddy can keep secrets. I'm sorry, Quiz. What are you all talking about, Mom's firm voice said from the kitchen. Mom was standing behind them with her arms folded. Chris's shoulders fell. Now Mom will know about the safe, too. I'd better explain it all so she understands why it's important. Over at Grandma and Grandpa's last night, we found Great Grandpa Archer's old safe when we were playing hide-and-seek, Chris explained. Grandma told us no one knew what the combination to the old safe was, so it had never been opened. She said we could look through Great Grandpa's old things that were in boxes beside the safe. I see, Mom said. And what did you find? Chris lowered his eyes. Nothing. Except I did find an old statue someone carved for great-grandpa. Grandma said I could keep it. And I found a bunch of old photographs, Maria added. I told Chris I thought great-grandpa might be the one who donated the money for Mill Valley's cross on the hill. But I can't prove it. I remember a picture of great-grandpa standing beside the cross when he wasn't wearing a beard. I think it might be a clue. Grandma might send me a picture if she finds the one I remember at Uncle John's. I'll go get the statue for you to look at, Mom, Chris said. He got up and went to his room. When he brought it out, Mom held out her hands for it. I remember this, Mom said. It used to sit in your great-grandpa's study. She held it out and looked at it at different angles. The man who carved this did a wonderful job. You'll have to take very good care of this, Chris. Chris nodded. I will. Then Mrs. Vargas got quiet. Chris could tell by the look on her face that she was thinking about something. I remember something else, she finally said. Your great-grandpa kept a safe in his study, too. It sat beside the big desk he used to write at. I also remember that one wall was filled with shelves full of books. Chris went back to his room to get his notebook and pencil. When he got back, he wrote down Mom's description of great-grandpa's study. How many books did great-grandpa write, he asked. Thirty or forty, I believe. Forty books? Wow! Chris exclaimed. He wrote that down, too. There's a lot more to this mystery than I thought. Should we tell the other shoebox kids, Maria asked. We might need their help, and the more heads, the better, if we're going to search for the combination to that safe. That's a good idea, Chris agreed. It sounds like you two have a lot of detective work to do, Mom said. She checked her watch. It's been a long time since either of you saw Great Grandpa's old house. If we can get the house ready for Sabbath quickly enough, maybe we should drive by and see it. I remember it from a long time ago, Maria said. It's sort of scary looking. Do you think we might find the combination there, Chris asked Mom. I don't know, Chris. It's a good idea to look everywhere, don't you think? People hide things in very peculiar places. I knew a woman who kept the combination to her safe in the phone book. Maybe great-grandpa wrote it on one of the bookshelves or something, Chris suggested. Mom agreed. She sighed. I wish the place had not been allowed to run down so much. What happened to it? 
Chris wanted to know. Why doesn't anyone live there anymore? Mom's eyebrows knitted together. Well, she said, I believe that when Grandpa Archer died, his belongings were divided equally among his children. The house was sold to pay off what was owed on it, and what was left over was divided up. None of his children could keep the house because it was so big and so expensive. Maria slowly set a can of beans in the pantry while she listened to Mom. What happened to the other owner, she asked. The people who bought it lived there for several years and then sold it. The second set of owners had some financial problems, and the bank took the house back because they couldn't make the payments. It's just too big for most people. Now it's too run down to attract buyers. If anyone were to buy it, they would have to make major repairs to it before moving in. Who owns it now, Maria wanted to know. The city. Mill Valley owns Great Grandpa Archer's house? Yes, it does. Don't you remember a couple of years ago when I told your father that the city wanted to make it into a museum? It's in a good location, not too far from downtown, and in a historical section of town. Mrs. Vargas suddenly stood up and clapped her hands together. Listen, guys, if we're going to go, we had better hurry and get the house clean. Maria, you can start on one bathroom while Chris cleans his room. Chris went through his room like a tornado, picking up everything off the floor and bed. Somehow, things got placed back in order, and the bed even got made in the process. Maria cleaned the bathroom she was responsible for, and on her way past Chris's room, handed the cleaning supplies off to him. He headed straight to the bathroom it was his duty to clean, and started working. When they had finished cleaning, they went downstairs and grabbed their jackets. "'Ready, Mom?' Chris called. "'Just a minute. I'm just finishing putting together a bean casserole for potluck tomorrow.' A moment later, Mrs. Vargas was slipping an arm into her jacket and reaching for her purse at the same time. She glanced outside. I wish the wind would stop blowing, but I guess early spring is just a windy time of year. Let's hurry and go so we can be back before Dad gets home from work. The story you have heard today is a chapter of The Shoebox Kids, Book 4, The Missing Combination Mystery, written by Eric Stoffel, edited and created by Jerry D. Thomas, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church.